0: Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master, and I am currently away from my home. Uh, Heading back from Breakout Con this year, there was a fire in the Toronto airport, and I wasn't able to go back to the United States when I wanted. It's okay, I'm going to be back soon, but I'm sort of recording this and editing this under unideal conditions. So this is going to be kind of a rambling intro, and uh, there's not going to be a mid-roll this week, and there's not going to be much of a post-roll this week. So first up, important things to note, we still have a fundraiser going for Jeff from System Mastery. In case you don't know, Jeff was recently in the hospital. Uh, And earlier this year, he had to choose between providing health insurance for himself and his newborn daughter, and he made the decision that really anybody would make in that situation, and he chose to insure his daughter, uh, which means... Unfortunately, that he is not able to afford the bill that he is going to be leaving with from the hospital. So if you want to help him out, you can head to bit.ly slash livingmastery. That will take you to a GoFundMe page that we've set up uh, so that we can fundraise for Jeff and hopefully make that bill that he's leaving with a little bit more manageable i also want to point out that coming up on the 23rd we're going to have a new stream of in theory in theory is a interview kind of discussion show where the host dc uh, talks to a different guest every time Uh, it's a monthly program and they talk about design it can be for really any type of game, uh, and this week it's going to focus on LARP, because their guest is Janaya Kemper from Violet Riot Games. Kemper is an accomplished LARP writer and game designer. A conversation between her and DC is going to be fascinating, so be sure to tune in for that conversation when it goes live on March 23rd at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Next week, we are not going to have a formally numbered episode of One Shot. Instead, I'm going to be posting some of the bloopers that we had over the years so that we can prepare for episode 300 coming on April 1st. I'm really excited about that series because we played Annika Ryder and Andrew Metaros's The Watch. I'll talk about The Watch when we introduce the episode, but we got to record with my wonderful spouse, Mel, and the Broadswords. It was an incredible game, and I can't wait to show it off to you all. Anyways, please enjoy the episode of One Shot this week as we finish out for the Queen, prepare for a bloopers episode next week, and then the week after, we will see you with a start of a new series of The Watch. Thanks so much for listening, heroes, and sorry that I couldn't what put this episode the together the way I normally do. Eyes? With all that uh, out of the I way, let's get
1: to the show. I think it is less about the moves and how she, how she, she, how she, she carries herself. Because absolutely anything she does, no matter who's around, every physical movement just has this perfect grace to it. It's like she never exerts more effort than is required for what she's about to do.
0: Ooh. I love that.
1: She never has to take a running jump. I mean, not that we've ever seen her jump, but that's <laughs> that's what I mean. She just does exactly what she means to do with perfect grace, and then it's done.
0: Alex, I love that because literally that's how predatory cats behave.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: They they specifically, if there is prey that is in front of them, if it will take more energy to catch that prey uh, than eat that prey, they will not go for a kill. So that is such a beautiful, beautiful
2: visual.
1: It's telling me that uh, your character is, he's more trouble than he's worth.
0: <laughs> yes, perhaps. Mm-hmm.
2: The queen is responsible for the death of someone you loved. Who? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I would say after my sister's death I was just kind of lost and I would say I fell in love with a, like mm-hmm. a page boy or something just like someone like a few years like, a few years younger than me but definitely just like someone on the side not important it should didn't have anything but just like since it is like the court is like a den of vipers and i'm i try to be as earnest and honest as i can like to kind of meet someone else who is genuine to kind of meet someone else who could kind of see beauty in the world in like in a world of sorrow and rules and structure and i it's like it was it was short it was one of those like fairy tale like met fell in love for three days um it with the subtleties in the court the queen could see that my eyes would drift from her to this page boy and she sent him off to fight a battle that we definitely could not win. Yeah, like, it was, like, a big promotion. It was, like, a big honor for his family. But it was, the news got back that it was, like, one of the most, like, barbaric losses that we faced. And, like, the description made it so that, like, he was in the vanguard, and then he was the first ones to fall. And then she made sure that I was in the court when that news came in.
1: Why was it so important to her at that time that she had your attention?
2: I don't think she's ever lost it from me before. I think I met, like, I did the faux pas and I messed up the diplomatic meeting because I kept too much attention on her and I didn't focus on the emissaries. But this was the first time that my attention wasn't, I wasn't focused on her and I was actually getting validation from somewhere and someone else.
0: Could you have left this life? Would it have been possible for you to Voluntarily leave the court.
2: I could have. I'm sure we could have eloped, but that would have actually ashamed my family, and that's something that I wasn't willing to do because I actually do have a very well supportive as they can be family. Like I'm very grateful for how I was raised, especially like seeing the different people come into court. I understand my privilege, so maybe there there are dreams that I have that we could have left and moved into like the countryside and. I don't know, like done musicals in the mountains, but (laughs) (laughs) like I just dismiss them as fancies. And the reality is like, I need to be grateful for what I have and be focused. But like with that one boy, I would say like definitely a part of me died as well.
1: What were the ways that you changed after that, that people around you could tell?
2: I got a lot sharper and a lot more pointed before I'd be very like, good at listening or de-escalating, but now I'm be actually showing like waves of force or any sort of posturing of asserting myself a lot more and pouring myself into my work a lot more. Before it was just kind of a no ambition thing, but now it's just I it's not like I was making any like political moves, but I was definitely pouring myself into like documents or making sure like I out the queen's feelers to know about like the local political climate It was a lot of just refocus kind of like losing someone and then just really just focusing on work and becoming a lot more assertive and a little bit colder and i would say that like the warmth in my heart, lights up again once I'm closer to the queen. And then kind of hot-cold, like, once I'm farther away, like, I just become stoic and deadened and just pour myself into researching and reading and trying not to think.
0: Do you blame her for
2: what happened? I couldn't possibly. Oh. oh. It was a great honor for him to be sent. It was a great honor for his family because if they succeeded, then they would have certainly achieved, like, a higher seat in court a a bigger name it was society wise like it was a blessing even though i know that the battle he was sent to the position had like no tactical advantage had it was just it was just like a bad call and the people who were in it were all in kind of like hot water (laughs) a suicide squad if you would (laughs) (laughs) but yeah now that he's gone all i have is the queen
1: perfect
0: what promise did the queen make to you before this journey? Do you think she'll keep it? It's funny, like listening to this, I was just thinking, why did my character agree to go on this wild journey? What could possibly be at the other end for him? And I think I think it's nobility.
1: Oh, of course.
0: Oh god. Yeah. Oh no.
1: Oh, James, she's not going to keep that promise.
0: Like, especially leaving in a retinue this small, and the way this journey is going, <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, at the end of this, she can't possibly still have the power to, to do that. Like, I, I don't know where we're going, but like, there's no way that our nation is still going to be our nation at the end of this. This is just a wild thing that's happening. But I, I think. I've got to be holding out hope that that's true. Where, where I am, the way my life is, I am by so many measures at the 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 top of power and achievement that that a person of my station can possibly have. Uh I I've risen past so many ranks. I'm I'm the like one, one of the lead organizers of of the honor guard. Also my life is like kind of in shambles because like my wife at least knows that, that I love someone that is not her. There are rumors swirling around that I'm, that I'm the queen's like toy. So the only way to break out of that would be to break out of the station that I have. And it's been the dream that I've had for so long. And it's been an unspoken dream. And in the conversation where I was brought into the retinue, it was made explicit that that would be the promise. So I think there's a very realistic part of him that knows there's no way, there's no way that this journey can end in a place that would make good on that promise. But there's so much of him that hopes that it's true that that overwhelms those doubts every time they come up, even when they are practically trying to keep him from a crushing disappointment.
1: What do you think about when you think about your wife?
0: I think there's a lot of earnestly trying to do right by his wife. I think she's a woman who comes from a wealthy family. I, I think I am not someone who is uh, distinguished and wealthy. And like, I think the. Ways like the ways in which, uh, people of a wealthy station are, uh, like the rules concerning like who is wealthy can cross over with who is nobility, is like very shaky. And I think there are very long legalistic trials and things that happen when someone who has obvious wealth and power in society wants to wed into nobility. And some people are able to do it and and some people are unable to do it. And one of the ways that you can secure this is if there are enough people in your family who are of a station that they can enter interior layers of, of the palace. So I think originally... My wife is like a daughter in a wealthy family and was married off to me with the hopes that my being married to her would allow uh, one of her older or younger brothers to marry someone who is of a lower noble station so that their family could gain access to nobility. So it's very a very strategic thing. But I'm not somebody who is very privy to court strategies. So when this daughter from a tremendously wealthy family wanted to marry me, an honor guard, like it was a huge moving up for me. And I think my wife is like a canny person Uh, and she is a lot more privy to uh, the social goings on of the court than I am. And I think very early in our partnership, uh, she made it clear to me that her goal is nobility. Like, that is the goal of my family, and I was supposed to be a stepping stone on it. But I've, I've seen you go to these private meetings, and you've told me of, like, discussions that you have with the queen. We have a shot at it, and my shot at getting my family nobility is directly through you. So for a while, we were partners, like trying to navigate this this wild framework um, and advance to a noble rank because it would it would help us both. But I think that's been such a long journey. And especially when the rumors of the affair like started to become more and more common, it started to wear on her. So I think when I think of my wife, like there's a huge part of him that just wants to do right by her. And he's willing to do almost anything to make that happen. But he's also in a lot of ways constantly disappointing her through no fault of his own.
2: Does she love you? Or is that just like strictly like a political partnership?
0: I think there was a period where she did. I don't think when we were married, she loved me i i think perhaps there is an idiom in the society uh that talks about how marriages aren't for love especially in the noble class like you don't get married for love you have affairs for love so get that idea out of your head but i think there was a time after we were married maybe it was months maybe it was years that you know she realized that oh i wasn't some just some pretty dumb soldier uh, I, I was intelligent, just like not a canny social navigator of the courts. And I think she fell in love with that. And I think he fell in love with her so much more easily and so much more readily because, you know, she's she's just that kind of person. She's uh, a very, a very intelligent person who like when when they talk, it's mostly her talking. Um, and she's talking him through like the agonizing social backstabbings that are happening at high level court and like walking him through long decades old pedigrees of uh, social slights that have been dealt to people and like how you have to navigate those frameworks and when she saw that like he wasn't just an empty-headed pretty boy soldier like she got taken with him for a while but eventually that eroded under the stress of of all the stuff
1: Well, you had such high hopes for each other and things just kind of haven't worked out and that takes a toll and you don't know what to do about it oh no <laughs> marriage is hard <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean certainly in this society
1: yeah it's very easy in ours famously.
2: <laughs> famously i mean now that james and i are both married <laughs>
1: You sometimes think you might be the queen's favorite. Why? And why does this worry you? So, I mean, I could definitely lose my head for that garment thing. And Mm -hmm. it's such a mixture of exciting and terrifying, which leads into more exciting when she asks these things of me or when she confides in me, like on our journey. You know, when she just talks to me, she feels like she can tell me anything because I just there's nothing i can i can really do with it um you know like my my yeah. social position is just nothing and so i i just kind of think about like it's it sometimes it feels like a matter of when and not if someone is just going to take me out of the picture and yeah. there's not really anything i can do that i can think of to stop that and so you know when she asks me for these for these special favors or invites me in, you know, to her tent to talk to me about something. It's wonderful, but also, you know, a a rumor about like James's character and her, like that's something that has a huge impact on you and you have to like deflect and work with and whatever. But the same rumor about me would just be like, well, I'm dead now, I'm going to be killed or at the very Mm. least, like just removed from this situation put somewhere. That's just, yeah, that's the nature of my my social standing.
0: How many things has the queen asked from you that could directly lead to your death? Like, we obviously know the dress, but are you constantly taking uh, life-endangering risks? Or is it more just like a slow pattern of like, well, I did that one thing, and the way our relationship is structured generally is bad.
1: I think that was a huge deal. And I think after that, our relationship really changed a lot in an unspoken way. And since we've been on this journey, I have done a number of things for her that I know that only women should do. Like there in fact, the entire job of a handmaiden mm-hmm. is I'm doing all of that. Like while we're out here, I'm like combing her hair and there are certain things like that that it just aren't necessarily against the law, but would definitely make someone angry enough, you know.
0: Uh, well, you've, at this point, you've touched the queen. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a pretty bad.
1: It's really bad.
0: When was the first time you touched the queen? Was it on this trip or did it happen earlier than that?
1: It was. It was the day before she asked me. to to sew that garment and it was in passing and it was accidental was the kind of thing where no,
0: (laughs) i don't believe that for a second oh my god you're
1: right she made it look like an accident
0: she made it look like an accident so that barrier could be taken down in order for her to be able to ask you to do this next thing she knew exactly how she, like, I just need to break this taboo so this next taboo can be broken.
1: Yeah. I, well, I had a garment that I had mended for her, right? There's just, you know, a, a hem that I'd sewn or whatever. And I brought it back to her. And obviously, I was going to give it to a handmaiden who would then hand it to her. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even expect her to like turn around and look at me, but she, th- I, I went to bring it back and there was no handmaiden. And I went to turn around and leave. Uh, it was like, I'll come back like I, you know. And instead she turned around and just held her hands out and so I ver- I hesitantly offered this carefully folded shawl and when I placed it in her hands her palms brushed the outsides of my hands. And I was like, "Oh, oh no." And it was the most wonderful thing in the world and the most terrifying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. the very next day. And yeah, I think you're right, James. I think I still believe that that was an accident. And I'm a naive fool.
2: I think there was another game to kind of exercise that tension.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, please. Oh, my God.
2: Oh my God. Um, so your character, Alex, is afraid, like, like deathly afraid. Is there... You're saying like someone might find out. Is there anyone like particular that you're worried about that you're like especially like extra careful around?
1: Um. So is the queen betrothed still, or is she married by now?
0: She must be yeah, married. I was, thinking right? she was married. Unless that dude's dead, which oh yeah, I wouldn't put it past her. It could. <laughs> she could have had this dude.
1: Well, I mean, off. he could have just died incidentally.
0: I don't believe that for a second.
2: (laughs) I don't know. Accidents Mm -hmm. happen all the time around there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a king. Okay. And he is usually gone. And they have separate, like, yeah, they don't spend a lot of time together. But at the same time, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: No, I like that. This society definitely paints a picture for me of like a marriage is almost explicitly not a romantic or sexual thing apart from the fact that you're supposed to produce offspring from it. Mm -hmm. So them having separate chambers, I don't even think that's uncommon.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, in general, royalty, like pretty cross-culturally even is like, that's a pretty big thing. You know, the queen is just going to like, oh, it's the summer. I'm going to spend the summer at our our palatial whatever estate in the woods. Mm-hmm. And the king's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what royalty talks like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs>
2: it all makes sense. <laughs> Just like royalties like Riverdale. <laughs> I, no, yes. I, I I
0: really, really like the idea that there are rumors in this particular court about like marriages that are actually like strong and loving like you won't believe what i heard about this pervert he sleeps with his wife (laughs)
1: like it's like it's like it's not wrong it just seems really weird like i don't believe that it's not
0: done why would you do it
2: (laughs) it's like wait their kids are already grown up and they still meet. no that makes no sense
0: (laughs) (laughs) stop telling me lies (laughs)
1: especially because like you still have to keep your affairs like secret like the way in which you conduct affairs is almost more rigidly like guided than how you conduct a marriage
2: like it has its own etiquette oh yeah oh geez (laughs) all right the queen is not your queen why do you serve her anyway Mm -hmm. oh okay i think so my family is high noble born but i will say we were one of the very few families that were promised royalty and we actually like from a neighboring country and we actually got it just kind of always lingering that promise because there are instances and outliers of when it happened and i think my family was one of those instances and I'm trying to like i'm kind of open to ideas of like kind of that nature of that relationship between like country and family, but I certainly know it was certainly unconventional for that being said, like unconventional for me joining the court as well and kind of acting in that place when I have older siblings that probably have been expected to do it. And when I'm in there and I do it well, it's like, even though she's not my queen, she's still the one who gives me purpose and she give helps give. It's also kind of repaying off like the gratitude that she's gifted upon my family.
1: So it, did it start out as an obligation then? And now it's this, now it's your life.
2: <laughs> I would actually like to think that my family didn't like fully understand the intricacies of the court. There's just like some cultural difference. It's like, Oh, uh, send someone you, <laughs> you don't seem to be doing anything right now. Like not so callous like that, but not just like, um, yeah, I think she would enjoy it. Yeah. Send her. She would have fun. It'd be good for her. Like not knowing that the actual like lineages and like the history of that, but since it was kind of, it was like a huge kind of a cultural misstep, but the queen didn't correct it kind of increasing tension in the court of like why I'm there. Mm. And, like, I didn't realize that until, like, way later that I'm like, oh, this explains a lot looking back and kind of seeing the conversation, seeing the tone, seeing all of, like, the subtle kind of social battles that are just happening within, like, polite discourse. I guess, yeah, it started out as obligation without fully, like, understanding the responsibility, and then it came, like, and I just happened to be gifted at it, and then the weight of it came much, much later as like as i got deeper and kind of proved myself more in the court it kind of dawned on me of how big of an obligation it actually was as well as like how big of a privilege and honor for it and how like grateful i am that after that cultural faux pas that like my family probably still doesn't really understand that i still have a seat at the table it's it seemed like a very passing thing but yeah as time goes on it's just kind of a like realization and double take of that weight really coming on
1: right yeah as you like appreciate it more Mm.
0: what do you do that pleases the queen on this journey man Mm -hmm. so this has been a tough journey for me (laughs) because like I I imagine I am a soldier. I did go through basic military training before when I was relatively young being called up to be in the honor guard and I probably haven't been out of the interior layers uh, like apart from, you know, going to sleep the interior layers of the city for a very long time. I probably haven't seen woods in like 30 years or something ridiculous like that Whoa. yeah so I don't think I've been reli- like reliably been able to function uh based on that training for for a lot um and I'm also struggling to keep my hygiene together just because of of these societal rules that we have to observe as we're on this journey about what I'm allowed to touch and what I'm not allowed to touch and that's tough But I think there have been more than one close calls on this journey of like us being discovered or uh, maybe, you know, uh, us, us getting to a point where our lives could be in danger or something like that. And before those situations really started to gear up, I have been able to pull out these like miraculous last minute strategies knocking over a, a, a torch in a tavern to to start a distraction fire to like usher us out uh, kind of desperate maneuvers that like they're wild desperate things that needed to be done in the moment that we were doing them otherwise like fate was just gonna come at us really hard so I think despite the fact that I'm really struggling on a lot of different levels um, and struggling to perform, Basic things that uh, I've taken for granted a a huge portion of my life, I am still performing the role that the queen depends on me for. And that is being the strategic mind in the room that thinks around the way everybody else thinks. So even though, like, I can't hold it together, there have been, there's been like a day where. I had to be dismissed, not just from her presence, but everybody's presence, because, like, I was not able to bathe properly in the past couple of days simply because of our rules. Like, I've, I've gone through so much shame, but I'm still able to do the things that I'm needed for.
2: How did the queen show that she was pleased with you?
0: It has to be a secret message or sign, right? <laughs> yeah. And Alex, I I I think it has to be conveyed by your character too. Yeah, so we're we're following all of these rules concerning uh high hygiene and and like I think even how food is eaten. So mm-hmm. like I'd wake up in the morning and there would be some kind of bread or something uh and like i might know uh intellectually the only way this bread is here is if it is the bread that was cooked in the pan that we used to cook the queen's bread so i shouldn't have this but i woke up with this and there's mysteriously like no questions asked or whatever and like i know it is from the queen because on the like little bit of fabric that it's wrapped in there is a beautiful and colorful abstract design which is oh, something nice. that the queen is
2: partial to <laughs> very nice
1: yeah she loves these ambiguous little squiggles these little signs doesn't she
0: she loves <laughs> ambiguous little a lot of things <laughs> <laughs>
1: What did you bring with you that endangers the queen? Rosewater. I think that we are, we're undercover, right? We're traveling in disguise. Um, And no one can know that she is, I mean, no one can know that she's the queen. They probably should not know how rich and of what high status we are, right? Um, Because we would just be such a perfect target for bandits. So we're, we perform the actions in accordance with our roles, but we're not properly like outwardly, we don't have the outward appearance of who we actually are. But I know that her favorite thing, the one thing that always makes her happy and relaxes her and makes her smile and, and just kind of grounds her is rose water, whether to have it in her hair or, or even just on her hands or, or on her neck. And so I couldn't resist bringing just this fine silver flask of rose water to use when she, when she needs it.
0: Has has that moment happened yet? Or
1: No. <sighs> and it didn't take me long to realize that it was a mistake to bring it and that she could very well be a lot more angry than pleased with me. And I think I had the idea at first that you know it'll be just the right moment when i bring it out she'll be happy but the more that time goes on the more that i think that it doesn't matter what the moment is that that what i've what i've done is not only wrong and puts us in danger but that she'll she'll notice that and she'll be furious
0: oh man
2: yeah you're so good <laughs> you're so thoughtful <laughs> i try so hard <laughs> When was the last time the queen showed you real kindness? I would say this was outside of the court, of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, I think I was in the library just like up for days on end and just really putting my health aside just to put it towards something else, anything else besides myself. And is like the middle of the night where she kind of descended like the spiral staircase into the stacks and found me like definitely scared me but like i try to keep it together but, like i'm so sleep deprived that like my eye is twitching that's <laughs> like i can't I, I can barely hold composure or i guess like in a court setting it would be not com- no composure at all but What happens after that? I'm not quite sure. All I know is like, I was just so tired. And then I woke up in one of her extra chambers wearing like some of her linens and silks and like robes and like panicking, like come out. And she was like, no, it's okay. Like, well, not, I don't not say in those specific words, but one of those just reassuring that she was the one who put me there. And then That was okay. That she was taking care of me, and she wanted to make sure that my, like that I took care of myself, or else I wouldn't be able to take care of her. So, like, spending a night in like one of the royal chambers, like, how I got there, I don't know. (laughs) But (laughs) waking up there was probably the first good sleep I was able like since like my sister, since my paramour. And just, like, the increasing knowledge of the weight of, like, the task of being in court, just having that small respite of even just the fabric on my skin, like, the rose water that's kind of permeating through the air. It was a moment, and it was a breath, and it's something, and it was right before, uh, it was right before we, I was asked to join the red.
0: Of course.
2: Uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) So... Reflecting on that, do you think she had any ulterior motives?
2: If those thoughts do come into my brain, I certainly try to repress them as much as I can.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, of course, because like it is, to me, at the moment I was like, "This is ridiculous and this is not okay." But then once I got asked to the retina to join the retinue, I was like, "Oh, okay." Then I immediately kind of put aside those like, or I won't say put aside, repress those doubts <laughs> to just kind of reinforce no, I needed to be like on my A game. Like I can't mess up anymore. Like I've messed up enough. Wow. And it's just like an immense pressure on myself. Like, and I just trying to focus and try to feel less or, and just really reinforcing that I can only feel with her and not with anyone else.
0: You arranged for the queen to be ambushed on this journey what did they offer you um you know
1: <laughs> you can pass it you would pa- you would pass yeah, it yeah i'll pass it case. i'll i'll
0: pass it on i'll pass it okay. on to to alex
1: okay um let me think on whether or not i want to answer this <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to pass it to anthony anthony if you don't want it you can pass it
0: in okay and,
2: no and no we'll it's back. this I can I think I can okay, work cool. with this um, I think since the late nights and since the passing of the token, like the abstract token and since spending the night in the royal chambers, like I've been having like blackout spells I've just like memory just not being there. <laughs> and and that's like when in quieter times like a lot of those memories just kind of rush back in and just like so overwhelming that i won't i can't handle it that i think like in one of the towns like i'm going to just like get provisions or something or just like arranging a cart or horse just like some logistical stuff that i inadvertently come across like just assailants of some kind like just some sort of assassins and I can like identify them, but before I know what I'm doing, I'm kind of speaking this code of just not fully like realizing what I'm saying, but not being able to stop myself of offering like just details about the retinue that I shouldn't be giving out what? And, mm. yeah, and it's just the amount of like. Like when i'm as I'm talking and kind of like spilling myself, it kind of gets out of control where like all of the pain just starts surfering surfacing and bubbling out, and before I know what i'm doing i I basically ask for just a sweet release from the pain that I'm feeling, but I also ask for just the safety of my family and oh, I know these assassins come from my original mm-hmm. homeland,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and I start like and oh okay yeah so like and i recognize them they recognize me and it kind of starts off of like catching up and then it's slowly through just like conversation that's when everything starts getting identified of like what our actual purposes of why we're even in the same place in this journey because we're going through your country your character's country alex like so neither of us should really be here (laughs) it's not weird but it's weird that we're here together and they offered just our old life back I -hmm. think and just like the immense pressure of like everything of losing my twin sister losing my my love it's I just want it all to end and before I know it yeah I promise like like they promised me to like take us back to the country
1: well we'll see what happens there
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) the queen touched you once what about the memory of that will stay with you forever boy queen's definitely not supposed to touch me Mm -hmm. okay okay Mm. (laughs) things are starting to crystallize now um the being called to strategic meetings to lend my perspective uh had You know, there was a period where it just had a lot of greater frequency, and the conversations would be longer. And sometimes the queen would ask me questions that were not related to strategy and that sort of thing. And I think after, you know, a couple months of meetings like this, perhaps on one of the ones where I was called from where I sleep to enter the palace and uh disrupt this meeting very late at night when a lot of people had been dismissed from the room the queen asked me questions and for one of them she placed her hand on my thigh and i couldn't bring myself to meet her eyes but very much the same thing, I got up and I moved to the door and said, it is not proper for me to continue this meeting. And I dismissed myself. And I think perhaps that's one of the reasons that I am sure that dreams of nobility were for naught. And that's why I am clinging to the idea that somehow going on this journey might fix those things. And like, even, even the part of myself that I ignore most of the time, uh, the, the part of myself that that's practical, that like knows there's nothing, uh, that can really be gained from this journey. There's a part of himself that, that hopes that he can leave the broken world, of of that court behind that that didn't ever fully make sense to him and maybe in a new place with the queen he can find some happiness that had been denied him
1: what were you thinking about when you left
0: a, a part of the thing that must be playing on this character's psyche is more than a lot of people in that court he knows how the war is going you know he's he's been privy to all of this strategic information so i i think there must have been a point where it became clear that oh we're we're not winning and the way things are going we're unless there is a drastic change we're not going to win and you know at, at this point the rumors of court and the pressures of court had consumed his marriage um I think perhaps it's been, gosh, I I don't want to actually put a specific time on it. Uh, I I think he rejected the Queen's advance some time ago. So he has been dealing with the emotional uh, pressure of having a home that's kind of broken, a stagnating career, knowing that his nation is collapsing from beneath his feet. And then he was asked by one of the Queen's agents to... Like like he was carried like a, a scroll or something, a, a, a letter uh, explaining this wild plan. And when he went to meet with her to speak about it, uh, she explained further that it would result in him being made, him and his family being made nobility. So what was he thinking about? I, like, I think he was thinking that this is it this is the only thing uh the the only maneuver left that has any meaning whatsoever like there's a point late in a game of chess where it's clear that you're going to lose a game and you can make moves to prolong your survival but at the end of the day like you know they have a king and a queen and they're eventually going to corner you and chase you down Mm -hmm. um and this is like the only maneuver left that could potentially change things for himself for his country for his relationship with his wife for his relationship with this other woman he loves the queen this is it
1: thank you that's lovely When was the last time The queen hurt you I think at some point we're on the road And she Finds the rose water Oh no And I don't know whether she should Just find it or whether I should actually go through with like Excitedly presenting it to her And she is not happy about it Which is more
0: interesting I am trying to think
2: Both are horribly sad And tragic (laughs) Um, I mean, it's sadder if you present it, for sure, because I think you've been kind of looking forward to it, because I think the hope of like you've been risking it all along and the hope that you can kind of be re- kind of excused from that is th- it is her favorite thing. So oh, I guess-
0: Alex, I have a more tragic vision. Oh, do go on.
2: Oh, go for it.
0: I like the idea that it's halfway between found it and was presented. The options in my mind would be either you decided to discard it and she discovers that it has been discarded and that disappoints her or it is presented or discovered and then you trip or stumble and it is lost and that disappoints her so you have the feeling that like all of your anxieties were, were for nothing she actually would have been pleased by this rose water but you don't even get the respite that that would have provided.
1: Okay. Okay. So I finally decide one night, this thing is like the telltale heart in my bag. Like I can't, I can't <laughs> handle it anymore. I finally decide one night to get rid of it. And so I, I pick it up and I, I sneak away from our camp and I go to throw it in a river that is nearby, but I just have to like open it up. And so I open it up and i pour it out so that i can at least mm. smell like yeah. that wonderful wonderful smell that just reminds me of like times when she was really happy and relaxed and when i was doing something right for her and she was glad of my presence so all of that i can i i just immediately associate with the smell of roses but I pour it out and I'm about to, and I'm thinking I should probably just throw away this beautiful silver flask too. Uh, and she's behind me and she, and she says, what are you doing? And I turn around and, and when she f- figures it out and I, I'm trying to explain myself and I can't, and she just slaps me and, and takes it out of my hands, takes the flask and stomps back to camp. Oh, and I, I don't know if she's angry because I brought it or angry because I poured it out. And I can't even ask. Yeah. I can never even ask.
0: And one of the wilder wow. things about that scene too, Alex, is that is a private disapproval. She did not discipline you in front of the group,
2: mm.
0: which like there's nothing official about that which has got to make it sting more because the only thing that we've seen her do privately so far is send encouragements.
1: Yeah, nor- normally that's the that's the place in which she is kind.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so much. Oh, so good. The queen knows something about you that no one else does. What is it? I think the queen knows that I'm having these blackout spells and like you like you and i'm pretty honest with her well in the right context i'm very honest with her it's like i'm suffering from these spells like i probably shouldn't be part of this retinue and she's just super super cool about it (laughs) and she's very she's very reassuring and very loving and just like hey you're going through a lot we're all going through a lot you just need to rest I just kind of bathe in all of the words that I can. I bathe in her, like, very exclusive glance and vision. It happens often enough that, like, where if, like, there was a kind of, like, a bell curve of me getting, like, the word happening more and me getting super anxious about it. And then I actually got to have more time with her. And then, like, the more time I got to spend with her, my anxiety just, like, Kind of about that specifically just kind of tapered off, and I really could just be okay. Knowing that if the queen believes it's okay that I'm having these spells, then it's probably just divine providence, or maybe it's not an illness at all, maybe it's just kind of a gift. And really, I stopped kind of thinking about it and really focusing on the time I get to have to be reassured, to just be close to her, and just to close enough to even smell her.
0: The Queen lights a fire in you. What is it? I think very specifically since this journey has started, old ambitions have awoken in me. Even just a few weeks ago, my life felt like at a point where I was trapped in a unpleasant stagnation in all areas of my life. And this wild trip has awoken the potential of maybe there being a life that possibly exists outside of that even before in my in my younger days when i would get the opportunity to do things that were above my station because they were privileges secretly given to me by the queen i was elated because i was living my life to my potential and it's the same sort of excited fire and drive that that I would have when i was talking to my wife in our happier days when we would talk about what it would be like if we could advance or or how we could go about doing it that hope of of being useful of, of being able to live outside of the roles that I was given that uh, hold me back because the queen does recognize that I have uses and talents and that those uses and talents extend beyond my station concerning her and around her. I feel alive in ways that society will not allow
2: me to feel.
1: I actually don't have any follow-up questions to that.
2: <laughs> I'm rooting for you <laughs> so hard. <laughs>
1: When did you know you would never forgive the queen and why? (sighs) Man, what, what tips the scales for me? Cause like I've been, I've been pretty diehard for the queen. Mm -hmm. I don't know what could change that. Yeah. I think maybe I have a moment and it's more about realizing that I was feeling something rather than a moment that changes what I feel. Like one day I just realized that I'm absolutely furious with her. And it's over something stupid. Like we're we're going mm. through, some, you know, having to do some ridiculous, you know, go way out of our way to wash dishes because of this, you know, these rules that we should have relaxed by now. There's no one around. This isn't court. And this whole, you know, this country that I didn't even grow up in, I've had to learn all these ridiculous customs that don't make any sense. And I just realized that like, I'm absolutely furious with her. And I have to take a moment with that because I think that I love the queen and those two are just suddenly kind of put actually side by side. And it's very overwhelming, I think, for my character. I don't understand how I can feel both of those things.
0: Wow. Has your character been angry with someone that they were in love with before?
1: Maybe not in love, but my family Mm-hmm. I was so angry with my family for I think selling me off after our after our country was conquered by this
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: by the queen's empire. They just kind of sold me off to the court, and that's how I ended up working there.
0: I, I want to know: Are you struck by the fact that this anger feels different or the same? Like reconciling this anger with this love.
1: It's it's different in the sense that there the anger came and it, it was so strong. And it took me a while to realize that I, like many years to realize that I still loved my family despite being so angry. And that's what made it hard as where this was being so devoted to her and really loving her and being very attached to her and then realizing that I still had all this anger. And so it, I, I know that there is this similarity, but it feels so different. And I'm experiencing it so differently. I don't, I don't, don't know what to do. Oh,
0: <laughs> what do you do for the queen that no one else can do?
1: Oh, that's that's Anthony's card.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Oops,
2: <laughs> no, all, all good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what do you do for the queen that no one else can do? Especially on this trip, I am her voice. Ooh. She, when we like do come into even like smaller hiding spaces or like just kind of points where we can kind of relax and just kind of let our, like at least let our disguise down. Even when we're interacting with like anyone else outside of our retinue, she doesn't speak. I do because it's just such a small group and I'm the the most experienced with court. I've been having a much more, just a much deeper And much more frequent connection with the queen. I speak for her and with her, and she speaks through me. That's
0: (laughs) so. How far does that extend to communication in the camp?
2: In the camp, I don't, I think for like formal requests, certainly I'll like, I can, like, I'll delegate and kind of communicate that stuff. It's not like she doesn't talk to either of you at all like i don't think that's it because in the camp it's like when it's just the four of us i think we can speak re- like relatively more freely but the moment like anyone else enters then that uh, casuality is kind of gone and it's back to like our rigid structure and ceremonies and rituals in terms of like any sort of rebuking i don't think i think sometimes Maybe, depending on the situation, especially after James with your character, after you walked out on her and then after the rosewater, water, maybe there's just certain instances that before she was just like happy, just kind of turn and comment. But like now it's like much more business.
0: <laughs> you suspect this journey isn't just about diplomatic negotiations. What else do you believe is going on and why? I mean i've i've reviewed the military strategies like regarding the country and the things that are going on she is right a diplomatic alliance with this country could possibly change the tide of the war i think especially because what my wife has shared with me of a courtly politics and whatnot I also know that the queen has an uncle in this country as well. So, you know, there is definitely a part of me that I am trying to convince. Well, that is a soft political target to gain a sympathetic ear of an uncle. They could provide reinforcements that might be able to turn the tide of the war, but this could also just be an exit strategy. Taking a small retinue of people into this, into a place under the care of her uncle it could be the first part of a larger extraction or the only extraction that would exist. Um, and that might change everything. So I guess I don't think it's about negotiations because I don't think there's that much to negotiate about. I think it would be very difficult to. Uh, convince her uncle, who I'm going to go ahead and say is a noted military strategist who always advises against people overextending their resources because that is where wars are lost. So essentially what the queen would be taking to him is, can you go out on a real limb to save this failing kingdom? And, you know, I just don't think... That's a strategy that anyone would take. So I think in a way, this is a queen giving up on the way things were being done, which is one of the reasons it's been so hard that, that we've been expected to maintain certain customs as we undertake this journey.
2: I oh. <laughs> ending on that too, just I'm so torn with it. That's like... Really sympathetic, yeah. or just like so infuriated.
1: Yeah, the queen is under attack. Do you defend her? Guys, I don't know.
2: <laughs> is it a decision where, like, your inaction oh, is a decision? Maybe.
1: Oh, I really don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I certainly know.
2: Do we have to go in? <laughs> I say, specific order? we was... go in
1: order around the table, but this is hard. I really don't know what to say because, like, obviously, okay. I shouldn't. I'm just trying to think about whether I would. I, I like I want to say no, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think ultimately, like, I don't know if my character has anything else. This, this queen can never love my character back in a meaningful, satisfying way, and yet. Mm-hmm. I don't have any other attachments to anything or anyone else. And so this is what I've got. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna defend it.
2: The queen is under attack. Do you defend her? Yes.
0: Whoa, whoa. But- wow, that is a surprise. <laughs>
2: I know. But it's not I think the assassins that I gonna like, like were from my country before, like I see them. And I'm just like, this is it. This is happening. And before I know it, I throw myself in front of it where it's something, the conflicted feeling of just like your character, Alex, is like I have poured so much of myself into the queen that I feel like I've lost everyone else and I'm kind of painted in a quarter. But I think the real reason I throw myself to defend her is because I think I'm just wishing for the sweet release of death part of it's like the queen's all like, like thinking that the queen is the only person who can make me happy but also like the real like knowing full well that this series of events has left me soulless and empty and I'm good at my work but I've never been happy with just my work and that kind of realization just really bubbles through and even though there's confusion in the eyes of the assailants, Mm. especially with me throwing in there, it happens so quickly that I get struck down in like the cross fighting and and kind of as I'm lying on the ground, just like bleeding out, just almost a sweet relief, like just closing my eyes and almost smiling, just welcoming, hoping to be reunited with my sister and my love. Wow. Mm. The
0: queen is under attack. Do you defend her? There's not a question. Obviously he does.
1: Oh my God. No, James.
0: No, like there (laughs) was, there's no other way forward in his mind. Uh, And I think it comes down to him as a, a question of strategy. Are you playing to win or are you playing not to lose? And this is definitely something that he and his wife were fond of musing over. If you've got a strategy, you've got to be willing to throw weight behind it, especially when things otherwise don't appear to be going well. What has he wanted his entire life? He's wanted the opportunity to live above the station that was dealt to him. And he was denied that on so many fronts. And a lot of that was, it must have at some point, been part of the queen's personal doing thinking back to that moment that he fell in love with her when she stood above him defiant and strong pointing that bow staff at him he fell in love with that because that's what he wanted for himself he wanted to be able to openly work against society's rules and to live with that power and that freedom and if he dies here He dies without having achieved that goal. If the queen dies here, she's the only person anywhere that could conceivably give him access to those things that he wants. And even if he resents that, even if he came to the realization that she's done terrible things to him and doesn't deserve his loyalty, which I'm not even sure he's come to that realization yet. (laughs) But even if he did, he'd still have to defend her, because living for what he wants right now, the only way is through her.
1: Thank you for playing. I'm really glad that, that we could have this experience. Thank you. That's for the Thank queen. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. <laughs>
0: Anthony, thank thank you you so so much much for
2: picking this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh.
1: Anthony, I'm really, really glad (laughs) that we got to play again. It was so good.
2: Yeah, me too. This is just incredible. I just that's why this is what I mean. Like this game <laughs> fucked me up for weeks. Going like, because I was thinking about like these are just questions on index cards. How did the do this to me?
0: <laughs> As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show.